Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. Today we have Kyle Fuller, who's sharing his knowledge on infinite banking. Make sure you're subscribing, downloading, and sharing our Breakfast with Champions podcast because Glenn Money believes that if you could change the way people start their day, it'll make a massive impact in their life. So let's pull up a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. joining breakfast with champions the millionaire breakfast club while we're here let's take a moment to make sure we follow the club right there on the little greenhouse you are surrounded by friends you're at the table this morning we've had magnificent interview after interview after interview and coming up next to talk about financial information that we're all going to need in today's world we have kyle and kyle if you're there go ahead and open your mic and begin your segment Thanks for having us again, Glenn. It's a huge honor to be talking with as many business owners, entrepreneurs, and people looking to add more value, give more to others. So this is a wonderful group to be a part of, and we appreciate you having us. So I wanted to uh, start off today, and if we could bring up Mr. David Zapata, he's actually going to be leading our conversation today, and I'm going to get it started by introducing David. And David is one of the youngest certified IBC or infinite banking concept practitioners in the country. And what we help business owners and entrepreneurs implement is the process of becoming your own banker. Now, when it comes to the money game, when I was 24 years old, I started my journey into this because I had realized that I couldn't attend a normal college or university route for my education because I was always fascinated about money and I wanted to know how money worked. And they definitely did not teach that anywhere in high school. They didn't teach it on a high level in college. And I don't believe that's a coincidence that they don't offer um, actual courses on money um, in college or high school. And so I started taking as many millionaires as I could to lunch in my early 20s. And when I was 24, I came across an orthodontist who was very successful. Um, He owned a lot of real estate. He had a really dialed in orthodontic practice, but he was also a very big private banker. Now, when it comes to the money game, all of us are consumers. We all consume. We spend money on something. And what we've been taught, and I'm sure this is a group that appreciates Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant. So on the left side of that cash flow quadrant, you've got employees and self-employed. And on the right side of that quadrant, you've got business owners and investors. Now the highest rates of return and the lowest amount of tax you'll pay is on the right side of that quadrant as a business owner or investor. So what we've been taught, and I'm talking generally right now across the United States as the middle class, We've been taught if you want to win the money game, you got to get into business or you've got to become an investor. And I would agree with that. But I think there's another player in the money game that we've never been taught to look at, and that's the banker. You see, we're, we're all consumers, business owners, and investors, and we all save money. And we save money with these big institutions, which are called banks. And then those same bankers immediately lend that money to other consumers, business owners, and investors, which is also us. 
and we pay the banks a high interest rate and they pay the savers back at a very low interest rate. And so when I started studying this and figuring this out, um, I started looking at these big banks and I realized that they do not keep their savings with other commercial banks. They actually keep it in a very particular asset that every single person in this chat right now and across the United States has heard of, but only a few of us truly understand. And if we would take the time to learn about this asset, this savings accounts that the wealthiest companies and corporations in the world love and use, it would allow us to play the money game at a serious advantage. Now, the bankers control the entire flow of money. And we've never really been taught to think about that because we're so focused on investing or growing our businesses. But no one ever taught us that we could also be the banker who's financing whatever we do for a living. You see, there's another part of that equation that would allow us not to make more money, but to keep more of the money that we have. And essentially with this system, you can create a closed economy so that every dollar you're earning as a business owner or an investor, you can keep that and recycle it through a system that'll produce millions and millions of dollars for you over a lifetime. And so with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Mr. David Zapata, and he's gonna lead us through the rest of the, the time that we have. Um, and he's gonna go more in depth about this process of infinite banking. Kyle, thank you very much for that introduction and for your kind words towards me. Glenn, Alpha, thank you very much for having us this morning. As always, it is a pleasure to be part of the community I'm so grateful. I, I want to start with gratitude after hearing David um, that I found this community and that I uh, have the opportunity to speak again to you today. Um, over the last few hours, I've been just listening into the conversation and trying to understand who joins this conversation and, and what they bring to the table. And it's amazing to me that five, six, seven hundred people can be in a single call uh, having a conversation, but yet the speaker for some reason it's just speaking to me. It, and it's sending these incredibly powerful messages for me to have the best diet, like somebody else was talking about earlier, for my mind, for my spirit, to come and, and show up and, and take advantage of the opportunity again to touch at least one of you with the thoughts and the ideas that I'm about to share with you today. Um, I, got, I, I gotta tell you that it is very, very impressive again, the quality of the advice, the quality of the thoughts and the um, ability to have the respect for each other's opinions and, and values. So very grateful to be here. Uh, last week, I had the opportunity to share with you some of the ideas that Cal was just mentioning, particularly the idea that in modern society today, every exchange of goods and services has as a counterpart, uh, as a counterpart, 50% of that transaction requires currency or money. Therefore, every transaction must be supported by some method of financing. Somebody must play the role of the banker by controlling the movement of money, the movement of uh, the flow of cash, and also where that money is warehoused once the movement is completed. And as always, our hypothesis, our promise, our um, proposal to you is to consider that perhaps you in your life, in your business, in your family could benefit from taking over that role. Let that, let that sink in. 
And I, I start the conversation today with this because I, I want to for sure recap what we talked about last week, but I want to take a different angle because after last Friday's conversation, I had the opportunity to uh, speak to some of you. I still have others that I uh, will continue to follow up with and have many more conversations and find ways to serve you. But one of the themes I picked up after the conversation last week is that there were two main interests. The first one was how do we get this type of thinking, this type of education to different communities around us, either young children, adolescents, the Hispanic community, the African-American community. And that was, that was very revealing to me. It talks about what Kyle was mentioning before. We have been conditioned in our society for many generations now to think that there's only two ways we can play in the money game. We either consume our ability to deposit money, warehouse money, in some other institution outside our family, like a bank, or we get the opportunity to use their capital and consume it as borrowers. But we've never been told by any of these narratives that perhaps we should take on that the role of being the controller of that movement of money and the, the entity that warehouse the money where we control it and use it at our disposition. And to me, introducing education very early and introducing this education in our communities is very important. If anything, not for getting agreement or not for convincing anyone, but to help the communities around us think. If you think about most financial advisors and most financial education around us is very, very focused on giving a particular point of view and convincing you that that's the only right thing to do. And they almost want to take thinking away from you and they want you to start to be convinced so you comply with their particular advice. There's very, very few people that are in the business of, of helping you think. And in particular, in our business, we talk about helping people become the main actor, the director of their movie of their lives. Let's be the hero of your own life. Let's listen to multiple perspectives, start thinking, and when we figure out what's going on around us, then we can decide what to do. So my objective today, to be completely transparent, whether you agree with me or not is irrelevant, I want you to think. I want you to contrast the ideas that I'm about to share with you that Kyle just gave us a preview uh, of. And I want you to start contrasting that with the experiences of your life. I want you to start thinking about, does this make sense? Is there supporting data, supporting evidence in my life around me that perhaps banks and other institutions are taking advantage of the fact that I only think binary about, a cons uh, about consuming either warehousing my money with them as deposits or consuming money through borrowing and debt. The second uh, aspect uh, or the second, um, I guess, approach that I picked up in conversations this week after my, um, after my speech last week was that it's very surprising for many people um, to hear this idea of becoming your own banker. Nobody has ever mentioned it before. Nobody has talked about it before in the past. What do you mean by being a banker? I understand what you were talking about, cash and credit. And I thought, I thought that was fascinating and I was very glad because I was very glad to hear that because it means that it started to seep in, that you heard that word and it meant something to you beyond just the institution you have in your mind. 
perhaps you've started to think about it as an actual process. And the connection that we need to start making by moving the conversation forward is that you need to see that process being a possibility at the you and me level, at the you and me level, as individuals, as family members, as leaders, as business owners, as community influencers, because at that level is when it's the most effective to create power and to create momentum for you to put tailwind in your financial life for growth. So I, I wanna share something personal with you. This is a different approach uh, that I sometimes take just to, to help you realize that I'm not talking about some esoteric uh, process that only the ultra rich have access to. Uh, so I wanna share a little bit of why this is so incredible to me and if it's possible for me and those around me, it is certainly possible for you and your business. This call is full of successful, very influential people. It's really impressive to read all your bios. It's quite exciting. It make, makes me think about the fact that every time I join this call, I, all that I'm learning helps me stand in the shoulder of giants. And I think this knowledge that we're discussing today, it's a little piece of the puzzle for your prosperity and growth, for bringing your family together, for you to experience more control of your life. So I, I am actually, I was actually born and raised in Colombia, in South America. And I had the blessing of immigrating to the United States in 2006. My dad had uh, requested our ability to immigrate uh, to the United States since 1991. It took 15 years for us to be able to legally immigrate to the United States with my little brother. And when I came, although I came legally, when I came to the United States, I used to live in a small neighborhood in the Bronx um, with my family and I went from going to college and having a very comfortable life to living the typical immigrant life uh, unfortunately fueled by ignorance and not understanding how the system worked and I went through many jobs cleaning bathrooms working at a dishwasher uh, doing deliveries fast forward my life today and uh, I'm having a conversation with all of you right now. I am in uh, business. Um, I've received education. I've grown. I've, I've taken myself to the opposite side of the spectrum in society from a perspective of uh, financial prosperity. And I think it's been certainly a product of my pursuit for personal growth and becoming better every day so I can serve more people. But I can also tell you that it's also been a part of understanding how the financial system works. And I think many of the people that work really hard at growing financially, unfortunately don't have the right knowledge to understand that when they give control to a separate entity of how money flows through them and how money is warehoused for them, they will always have a headwind in their face. And that headwind happens to be how banks and many other institutions around us profit. I share statistics with you last time uh, of Bank of America in a single year taking $900 billion in deposits, paying three, uh, three billion to depositors in interest, a minimum, minimum amount, less than a third of a percent, yet they made $50 billion in fees. That is a ratio of 5% compared to a third of a percent. That is incredible. That's a 1,600% return on money that was ours. 
so I established in our conversation that banks are very, very good at dealing with money and making money with it. And Kyle just mentioned, what do banks do with money? They are very, very specific about what they do, particularly with their profits. They're going to go first and find financial certainty. It happens to be that in the United States, in Canada, in very particular places of the world, we have vehicles that are accessed primarily by the wealthy, by corporations, by those in government setting public policy and banks to go and seek financial certainty. They happen to be, for example, for banks called bank-owned life insurance. It's a product they use for their savings. What else do they do? They go and look through cities, most urban cities, every corner of every main block, you'll find an institution, likely a bank. So they go and place their money in places like uh, assets like real estate, where they can take control of those very important parts of the economy. And then they put velocity to money. They start moving money because they understand that money that flows allows them to use money multiple times. And I share this quote with you, um, which very, uh, it's very popular. Many people use it in, in their speeches. You know, The difference between people in the middle class and the poor and the wealthy is that they understand that it's not about how much money you make, but how much money you keep. And I always advance that thought by the example set by banks, which is, it's not even about how much money you keep, but how many times do you get to use that money that you keep? And that is what the banking process is about. So when I bring it back today, and the theme today is how does this happen at the UME level? When I bring it back to us, I want you to start thinking about that. W what do you think about your financial health? Do you live in a relationship with money of deficit? You're constantly taking money in and income, it's going all out through expenses, and then you have to use credit or debt to suffice the needs that are not um, sufficed through your income. Or do you have a break-even relationship where in your business, everything that comes in co goes out and you're trying to break out of that cycle? Or do you have a surplus relationship where you actually get to keep some of the money you earn and then if you are in that position, how can you advance the situation, the financial situation for your family, for your business, by creating multiple uses of that money once you get to keep it as infrastructure for your life? So to recap, those that are just joining us, we are talking about the infinite banking concept this morning. It's a process to take control of how money flows to you and have the ability to leverage examples of success, the most successful entities in the world that use in money, which are banks, commercial banks in particular, at the UME level. So we can take advantage of that role of being the banker and not just the consumer of either debt through credit or the savings part of it. I wanna bring you back to another statistic I shared with you last week. And to me, this is very powerful, and I, I don't think it's representative of the folks in this call. Maybe, it may be, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think it is. But regardless, we all live in a world where we are surrounded by a normal distribution of people, and the average American is represented in that. When you walk on the street and you think that 66% of Americans, and I apologize if you're not in the United States, but it's probably true also in any country that uh, you're calling us from, but for the United States, 66% of Americans, this statistic comes from a recent uh, survey from Forbes, 66% of Americans 
think of personal finances as a source of stress and anxiety in their life. Think about that. Every two, every, uh, two out of every three people you interact with today may not tell you about this. They may not discuss it with you, but the likelihood is that they live a life where their personal finances, their business finances, is a significant source of stress and anxiety for their marriage, for their relationship with their children, for their relationship with their partners, for themselves. And I happen to think that I want to live in a world where that is not the case. I, I want to live in a world where actually we have a conversation, going back to the need for education about these principles and understanding how money works, where we are actually in power. Money is energy. Money is a way to store energy that we've had in previous productivity to enhance and enlarge who we are through the use of that money in the future. That money is potential energy store for opportunity in the future, for increased prosperity, for making yourself and your family more comfortable, and perhaps for touching those beyond your physical presence to bless them and help them thrive as well. But when we don't understand how the money rules work in society, it continues to be, again, a source of stress and anxiety for two out of every three Americans. That is, that is incredibly incredibly sad to think about because we are one of the richest economies in the world. A second statistic that I think is very humbling and I hope it puts you in, uh, in tune with what's happening around you, even if it's not your reality, is that 78% of Americans live on a paycheck to paycheck relationship with money. Imagine what that meant for many Americans last year when we had a crisis of 18 million people unemployed. If you have less than 30 days of free cash flow to hold a business or your restaurant, any type of endeavor you're in, imagine the amount of stress and anxiety that these people had and many of them had to close their business and suffer because they weren't prepared. And it's all related, again, not to the fact that they were performing poorly as borrowers or savers, but because they did not control the banking function of their life. So. I hope with, with the things I've shared with you today, I've established an important uh, background for how critical this is from an understanding perspective. Again, if you agree with me or not, if you um, obviously are a sophisticated investor and you see this from a different stratosphere, I totally understand. I am definitely talking about it at a very high level and this has much more nuance on how it looks like individually for you, for your business. But from a principles-based thinking, Think about that. Somebody must be performing that role of financier banking as money flows and is, where, is warehoused somewhere when you only are playing the consumer role as a debtor or a saver. So I invite you to suspend your disbelief if, if any of the things that I've said produce any skepticism or doubt in your mind and just entertain the idea of what this could mean for your life and for you. I was telling you that I immigrated to the United States and it's amazing to me to think about my reality. How is my story possible? And I, I just, ha I just my baby today, I just have my first son, two month old today, and I feel so blessed. You know, my, my father was so incredibly uh, generous, giving us the opportunity to immigrate to this country and he advanced significantly the quality of life for me and my brother. And I plan to do the same for my son. And my understanding of financial matters and how money works is going to be at the core of 
not only the tools that I provide for him, but it's also going to be at the core of the education, the mindset that I put in him, not just to make money or to know how money works, but to have a mindset of service, of growth, to have the opportunity to really go at the core of who he is and exploit his gifts to serve others because he will not be one of those two out of three people having anxiety of stress for money because his mother and I have solved his need for financing and banking from the moment he was a couple weeks old. That is really powerful. Think about that. I always share with Kyle, imagine if we were to create a generation after us through our work of children that never have to enter the rat race, but instead are free from having to play the hamster wheel of money and then they go and free themselves to be who they are meant to be and explore their gifts so they can serve people and make the world better. I think that is a very powerful calling Wish for me. We went here last night. Sorry, somebody uh, might need to mute their mic. So uh, I share again, this is a very personal, uh, purposeful uh, uh, idea for me. It fills me with, with fire. And it fills me with the need to share constantly these thoughts, these ideas about money, because I know that some of you, hopefully many of you are touched by it and are, opens your mind to consider that your financial situation can be improved. That's the second premise of this today is that whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter if you're a very sophisticated investor and you have a portfolio diversifies through equities, bonds, you like real estate, you like precious metals, gold, silver, you're a cryptocurrency expert, uh, you like commodities, whatever your, whatever your financial life looks like. If you're all in in your business, I'm telling you that the control of your banking needs will enhance whatever you're doing today. Whatever you're doing today because
Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.